Hi everyone, thanks again for tuning in to the Daily Gospel Exegesis podcast made by Logical Bible Study, and this is the podcast where we look at the gospel reading from the day's mass, and we want to try and analyse the literal sense of the text. So that's what we're doing today, and we're looking at Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34, which is the reading you'll hear at mass. Here's the reading from Mark chapter 12. One of the scribes came up to Jesus and put a question to him. Which is the first of all the commandments? Jesus replied, This is the first. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God is the one Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You must love your neighbour as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well spoken, master. What you have said is true, that he is one and there is no other, to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and strength, and to love your neighbour as yourself. This is far more important than any holocaust or sacrifice. Jesus, seeing how wisely he had spoken, said, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to question him anymore. Okay, so that's our reading for today. And what's the context? Jesus has just been arguing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so at this point, it appears there's a large crowd of people watching, including the scribes. And the scribes are the experts in the Jewish law. They... Uh, read the law and they interpreted the law and they helped people understand the text of scripture itself. So one of them comes up to him and asks Jesus a question. The question is, which is the first of all the commandments? Now, this is the kind of question a scribe would ask since it's about the Torah, as in which of the commandments of the Torah is the greatest. And the scribe has just heard him talk about the Torah to the Sadducees So it makes sense that the scribe now has a further question about the Torah. And it appears he genuinely wants to know the answer. He's not testing Jesus. He actually wants to know. It appears that there was a debate going on at the time of Jesus where different Pharisees and different scribes had different opinions about which of the 613 commandments of the Old Testament was the most important. And they all had different opinions. And so he's asking Jesus to weigh in on it. Now, we get to verse 29. Sometimes Jesus doesn't answer questions directly. Sometimes he answers questions with another question. But in this case, he does answer the question directly. He gives the scribe a direct answer, which is the greatest commandment. He says, this is the first, so the most important commandment. And then he quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 5. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God is the one Lord... And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, this from Deuteronomy chapter 6 is part of the great Jewish confession of faith known as the Shema. And the Jews at the time of Jesus took it very seriously. It was sort of a summary of their faith. The Jews today treat it the same, the Shema. And to the Jews at the time of Jesus, it had basically come to mean that God is the God over all the universe, all the Roman Empire, over every aspect of the universe, and he has a total claim on their lives. So the Jews believed that when they said, 
The Lord our God is the one Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. They understood that commandment to mean that the Jews must have a profound reverence and affection for God and desire to please him above all else. So they did understand the implications of those words. Now, we could pull apart all the words here. What's the difference between heart, soul, mind, and strength? And lots of scholars do that. Uh, The word for heart is cardia and and soul is psyche. Um, And those both refer to kind of the inner depths of a person and their willpower, particularly the heart is the seat of the will. Jesus uh, actually adds another term here, which isn't in Deuteronomy 6, which is mind. He adds, you must love the Lord your God with all your mind. That's not in the original Deuteronomy commandment, but Jesus does as it here. So Jesus is indicating that even our thoughts and our reasoning must be animated Uh, by love for God. And the last one is with all your strength, which indicates the true commitment and energy is required. The Jews knew all this. Jesus is reminding them of it. And he says, this is the greatest commandment. Why is this the most important? Why does Jesus pick this out of all of the 613 commandments and say, this is the most important? Well, the idea is if people can get this one right, then they're likely to get all the others right too. It's the foundation of the others. If people can love God truly with all their lives, with all their heart, then all the other commandments are going to be fulfilled as well because they all flow from love of God. But then he adds a second one, verse 31. The second is this. Now, the other gospels have this phrase as the second is like it. And that's important. Jesus is saying the second commandment is like the first. And the second most important commandment, according to Jesus, is you must love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's not one of the Ten Commandments. It's not one of the necessarily the key things that Jews would talk about as a summary of their faith. This comes from Leviticus 19, verse 18. So it is from the Old Testament, but it wasn't one that was talked about as often. What does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? Well, in, in the New Testament, to love someone means to do good to them, to do good works to them. So the basic meaning is to make the well-being of others as high of a priority as our own well-being. That's what Jesus says we have to do. And Jesus finishes by saying, there is no commandment greater than these. Matthew has this phrase, and it's important uh, when you look at Matthew, because Matthew is focusing on the fulfillment of the law. So Matthew has this phrase as, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, which is pretty similar to the phrase we have here, which is, there is no commandment greater than these. So all of the other laws and requirements in the Old Testament are the expressions of these two fundamental commandments. If you want to know what's God's requirements in the Old Testament, there's lots of ways of passing it out. But Jesus says basically it can be summarized in these two commandments. Love God and love neighbor. That's the foundation of everything God requires in the Old Testament. And certainly in the New Testament times as well. Interestingly, the Ten Commandments can be summed up by these two commandments as well. So the first three commandments relate to loving God, and the next seven commandments relate to loving neighbor. So it truly, these uh, these two commandments are the foundation of everything else we believe about the way we should act in the world. Verse 32, so now the scribe replies, he says, Well-spoken, Master, or other translations have it as, You are right, teacher. He then repeats back the two commandments to Jesus, and he says, I agree with you. These are the two greatest commandments. 
He says these two are more important than any holocaust or sacrifice. So the word holocaust there just means burnt offering. And he's talking about the temple offerings because the Jews place a lot of emphasis on fulfilling the ritual requirements of all the sacrifices that you needed to do at the temple. But the scribe here perceives that the commandments relating to God and our neighbor are more important than the ritual and sacrifice laws. Ultimately, not to say the other laws aren't important, but these two are the most important. Now, that was actually always clear in the Old Testament. God often said things in the Old Testament like, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So the Old Testament teaching is that the rituals, the burnt offerings, etc., only have meanings and are pleasing to God when people are in right relationship with him and are following the two great commandments, loving God and loving each other. Then, if people are doing those things, then the rituals have meaning. So God, God's teaching, even in the Old Testament, is that he wants people to have the interior change rather than just exterior actions. But by the time of Jesus... The scribes and the Pharisees had largely forgotten that. They just focused on the external requirements rather than the internal. So in this case, Jesus is actually reminding them of a principle that really they should have already known. Verse 34, Jesus, seeing how wisely he had spoken, so Jesus perceives that the scribe genuinely has understood what he said. He's impressed by the scribe's understanding. And he says this phrase, which is well worth thinking about. He says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. So let's think about that. Jesus is saying that this scribe is close to entering the kingdom. And because he understands its fundamental principles, he understands what God fundamentally requires. So he's not far from the kingdom of God, but he hasn't entered it yet. Maybe maybe that's because he hasn't acted on those principles yet. He, He knows what they are, but he's yet to actually live them out in his life. Now, from this verse, we learn a couple of things about the way the kingdom of God works. So, we learn that the kingdom of God was already opened during Jesus' ministry. The kingdom of God is open to people, and that there are some people who are in it and others who are not. Already, we see Jesus basically saying that some people are in the kingdom, some people are not. We also learn that it's possible for someone to be close to the kingdom of God, but not quite there yet. Often, some Christian groups will either talk about it as, are you saved or not saved? And, you know, there's some truth to that. But also, Jesus talks about it in terms of, it's almost like a continuum. You can be close to the kingdom of God, but not quite there yet. And we also learn that understanding God's commandments, at least to some extent, is a requirement of entering the kingdom. Because this man understands the commandments and Jesus says, you're close, you're nearly there. So that might imply that understanding God's requirements and his commandments is part of getting into the kingdom of God. Although it's not enough, we have to live them out as well. And then the last part of this reading is, after that, no one dared ask him any more questions. So that's pretty insightful. At this point in his ministry, it's quite late in his ministry, and no one challenges him anymore, no one asks him more questions probably because they're afraid of what he might say to them, because what he's just said to the scribe is fairly challenging and they don't necessarily want to be challenged, so they don't ask him any more questions. So where does this uh, Mark chapter 12 passage appear in the Catechism? How does the Catholic Church develop teachings based on this? So we hear quite uh, quite a few good paragraphs here. So paragraph 575 of the Catechism says this, 
To be sure, Christ's relations with the Pharisees were not exclusively polemical. Some Pharisees warn him of the danger he was courting. Jesus praises some of them, like the scribe of Mark 12, and dines several times at their homes. So here the Catechism lists the scribe of Mark chapter 12 as an example of one of the Jewish leaders that Jesus praises. Verse 20, sorry, paragraph 202 of the Catechism is a commentary on I believe in one God, and it says Jesus himself affirms that God is the one Lord whom you must love with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So here we have that connected to the phrase of the Apostles' Creed, I believe in one God. Paragraph 2196 has a commentary on the commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And of course, it references Mark chapter 12. It says, in response to the question about the first of the commandments, Jesus says, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The Apostle St. Paul reminds us of this. He who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this sentence. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So that paragraph really nicely brings together Jesus' teaching in Mark chapter 12 here with Paul's teachings about love being the fulfillment of the law and some some of others of Paul's teachings about all of the commandments being an expression ultimately of love. So it's not just Jesus' teachings. Paul and the later apostles understood that love is the foundational principle of everything in the, in the kingdom, including the commandments. Lastly, paragraph 129, quite early in the Catechism, is in the discussion about the relationship between the Old and New Testaments, because it sees Mark chapter 12 here as a great example of Jesus reminding people of the meaning of the Old Testament. So here's what paragraph 129 says. Christians therefore read the Old Testament in light of Christ crucified and risen. Such typological reading discloses the inexhaustible content of the Old Testament, but it must not make us forget that the Old Testament retains its own intrinsic value as revelation reaffirmed by our Lord himself. Besides, the New Testament has to be read in the light of the Old. Early Christian catechesis made constant use of the Old Testament. As an old saying put it, the New Testament lies hidden in the Old, and the Old Testament is unveiled in the New. And that's the paragraph 129, and it references Mark chapter 12 here. And that paragraph of the Catechism is a nice description of why we do what we do uh, in this podcast, because if we don't understand the Old Testament, we don't understand the way the Gospel writers and Jesus use the Old Testament, we'll miss a lot of the biblical worldview. Thanks for listening. I hope you found this to be a really interesting passage, and please share this with others. We'll see you again tomorrow.